long ago, three boys in Northern Virginia lived together in harmony. Then everything changed when puberty and their separate lives attacked. Only this podcast, master of all the hours of their lives, could save them. And when the world needed it most, it happened. A hundred episodes passed, and my boys and I discovered a new pastime, Twitch streaming. And although our audio skills are great, we have a lot to learn before we're ready to stream to anyone. But I believe this podcast and all our related content can save the world. Welcome to Are We Friends? I am your co-host, Taylor. I am your co-co-host, Brian. And I'm Jorge. And this is the show where three boys who have known each other for 10 years go through their interests one at a time to see if they are actually still friends anymore or if it's just inertia. This week is going to be our (laughs) final episode on Avatar The Last Airbender. But before we get into that, we've got a few things to talk about. A few things. Number one, uh, I hate the way you say puberty. Just reminds what? me of Pubert from the Adams family Pubert Adams. values. Which, is that Pubert the one that it is? Is it like the production of yes. how I say it? Like puberty. It's there it's like it's the, that it sounds like pubert. There's you put then. like a sharpness on the U, so it's not so it's it's the complete opposite of pubert, you know? It's <laughs> pu- pubert. Pubert. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Then everything changed like, when puberty and their yeah, puberty. I, I just heard it. <laughs> Thank uh, God this is the last episode because now I would have to hear that every time. Oh, I'm I using this this intro forever now. Sorry. No. <laughs> okay, I'll write a new one for next week. It'll be yeah, based on Cora. The, the intro I realized since I don't normally pay attention to it also mentions the Twitch streaming. We are doing another episode on Thursday. Uh, I think again not live this time, but we will be playing what's, it. And what's the show name? Outlaws and Old Ones. Look at you. Look at you getting it every time. Yes, but most of us should be in the chat. For at least part of it. I mean, yeah. like, people will be in there the whole time. I will only be there for part of it. But the whole episode will be there. Just and so what you know. time and day Thursday is that? at 7 p.m. Eastern. Nailed it. Time. You did nail Nailed it. Because <laughs> Eastern Standard Time, there's another yes. one, right? And it depends on Daylight Savings Time. I don't there's, know. 7 there's o'clock. EST and like EDT. Yeah, Eastern Standard Time and sure. Eastern Daylight. That's why you'll, we always say sure. Eastern instead of doing the full yeah. or America slash New York. Sorry, I had to do a bunch of time zone stuff for programming I... recently. <laughs> really? Uh, <laughs> in in more, more solemn news yes. in Richmond, the last two nights while – so being Saturday and Sunday, July 25th and 6th, started having uh, protests in solidarity with Portland because we told you last time that there are unmarked federal agents kidnapping people off the street. Uh, went went pretty poorly. Got gassed again. The the <sighs> crowd the crowds did. Um, shooting uh, the police shot projectiles from roofs. There's like pepper spray Jesus. arrests. They they arrested like weirdly most of the the live tweeters that we have. It just seemed on the pretty street. targeted. I was gonna say, is that weird? Yeah. The uh, the some of them were like just standing on the sidewalk, really, yeah. like before the protests even started. It it's uh, it's pretty bad. So, if if you're still not not getting involved in that stuff and like reading more about it and seeing what you can do in your area or at least donating some money, um, please please do that because it's it's still it's it's going and it's getting yeah. worse. Like uh, Trump has talked about deploying more agents to more cities. I think Chicago and uh, 
somewhere else. And surprisingly, yeah. to the city of Albuquerque, which has not That's had it. protests in any large form, but they do have a Democratic governor in New Mexico or mayor of Albuquerque specifically, and that is purely intimidation. We now have unprovokedly, not that it needs provocation or provocation would justify sending federal agents in to black bag our own citizens. Yeah, I think there's something that that has stuck with me is people talk about uh, everybody wants to pretends that like if they were alive during the civil rights movement, they would have been on the correct side and participated. Right. And it's this this is your this is your exact chance to to do that. This is this is the time like later on, you're going to have to be like, oh, no, I I stayed home. I didn't. What did you do during the protest? I didn't do anything. Yeah. Um, So there's a thousand ways. Yeah. There's a thousand ways to help. Find one that works for you. Something is better than nothing. It does not have to be going out onto the street because there are definitely reasons not to. Um, for for people particularly who are immunocompromised and, and uh, with mental health issues. Yeah, because there's still also a pandemic going on. I can't, yes. like, you know, that's also a thing going on. Yep. Yep, but there's always stuff you can do. So that's that's Definitely. that's what I'll say for today. As always, uh, resources are in the description. Um, a lot of similar resources, and we add a few every week. Cool. <laughs> so, Avatar The Last Airbender. Book three, fire. 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 Fire! Chapter one, The Awakening. So this is... Where he woke up. Where he woke up. where Aang (laughs) awakens. So uh, Aang awakes (laughs) on a fire navy ship and immediately starts freaking out. And we see Aang with hair um, to kind of give us an idea of how much time has passed between the Crossroads of Destiny, the season finale of book two, and the awakening, the first episode of book three. Uh, We find out that Team Avatar, after the taking of Bossing Se, has commandeered a fire navy ship with... Aang and uh, with uh, Sokka and Katara's dad and a couple of water tribe guys and a couple of other friends uh Hokata yeah uh I I don't know why I want to say Hokkaido but like no that's a restaurant that's a hibachi place I know um (laughs) but yeah all that stuff is happening and we realize that everyone now believes that the avatar is dead and Sokka sees this as like no this is this is rad this is a totally awesome strategic advantage and Aang is devastated like it just means the world thinks I failed which is a little selfish But it's I think he's, he probably... I moved. I moved two letters around. Excuse what me. is it? Hakoda. Hakoda. That's what it yeah. is. Uh, yeah, I, I do feel like Aang cares more about the loss of hope than about his own status. To be fair, it's more the inspiration of because he's watched people over the course of two books go. Oh, the Avatar is back. I'm now going to lift myself out of this bad situation because I have the belief that you know. The Avatar is here, and if he can be here, we can do whatever. Like, Can I just say I am pro-Aang with hair, though, and in general yeah. the outfits that people are wearing this entire season. <laughs> this is like the – this is these are the outfits that I'd play like an extra 10 hours of the video game to unlock and then never actually play with the outfits because there's nothing left to do, you know? It's like when you get your <laughs> first job and you start buying your own clothes instead of like the oh, clothes yeah. that your parents buy you and you like develop a sense of fashion and you start dressing like an adult and not like matching with your twin or whatever. I wish I had a twin. I don't. I don't. <laughs> Super happy. I don't have a twin. Y'all, that, y'all are some some only ass children. I do. No, I know I you have. have a, I have. A, we I both have, have siblings. siblings. We all have siblings. <laughs> we all have. Si- 
Um, I also realized yeah. uh, I was I'm listening to uh, Caesar Milan's like how to raise the perfect puppy right now, and apparently like twins and dogs is a really bad thing, and you don't want it because it almost always ends up in a stillborn puppy. Because there oh. was one like, oh my god, we've got twins. Because there's a horn shape to the uterus of a dog, and some puppies are on one side, and some puppies are on the other side. And like, oh, there's a pair that's splitting the horn. That's so cute. And like, yeah, well, no, it was stillborn because it had fluid in its skull. And just, oh, oh god. <laughs> like, and that was the best case scenario. <laughs> oh, oh my shit. god. So Does yeah. It- is Twins Caesar dogs, Milan the best person to be reading for for dog training? <laughs> Isn't he like mean to dog? Doesn't he do like old school punishment style? No, no. <laughs> His whole thing is about like emulating like how dogs behave with one another, and like if you want to raise a puppy, look to how mother dogs do it because they're designed to do it. Um, so like the dogs use positive and slight negative reinforcement mostly just to stop behavior not to punish but to like mm-hmm. nope we don't do that and then you just leave it alone and he calls it like calm assertive um in order to create calm submissive uh or willing dogs Reasons so he's pretty why fucking you even never listen to the dog whisperer oh he immediately looked up an article <laughs> It's okay. We can move on from season Jorge just went to imright.com and found whatever supporting evidence he <laughs> could know. get. I'm reading this shit, and there's, there's nothing. I've, granted, I don't know a hell of a lot about dogs, but I am not, like, raising my eyebrows or squinting mm-hmm. my eyes at anything because he is like, no. Like, I, I learned this looking at how mother dogs yeah. raise their puppies. And, like, well, not going to lie, he kind of went to the best expert there. And I do like, like, yeah, dogs are animals. You can't treat them I, like dude, babies. I, They're animals. I could riff on this all day. I was man. Gonna, I'm going to move. The new episode. Is there anything else from the awakening that we, I want to? Yeah. I, want I have to an awakening this. for a love of puppies. If we want to keep rolling on. And, the, no, I'm kidding. Okay, so. I, I do want to establish this because in this season it actually does matter a lot. I'm going to also talk about the Zuko plotline because thank you. Zuko starts this in the Fire Nation with Azula, and they are welcomed home as here. Like. Everyone is like, yo, Zuko's great. Yo, Azula's awesome. The Fire Lord, like, Fire Lord Ozai shows up formally and is like, hey, Zuko, congratulations on killing the Avatar. And Zuko is like, what? Huh? Hold on. I mean, he he accepts it, but he's like, he's like, Azula, why did you lie to our dad and tell him that I killed the Avatar? And she's like, give you the props to make sure everything's good. And then she turns, because she's Azula, and she's a huge fucking psycho, you know, monster. She's like, unless you don't think the Avatar's dead. And Zuko's like, uh, no, totally uh, dead, 100%. Immediately starts searching for the Avatar again. (laughs) He's like, I know he's alive now, because Azula thought that he was dead, so he's definitely alive, and I gotta go find him. (laughs) Yeah. Just so, so crafty so good dude it's she like, is like oh. it is such a good character um <laughs> She's yeah, yeah just so like despicable the, yeah. oh just like no 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 no. you thought that was bad but just wait yeah uh and we'll get into an impression that zuko does of azula <laughs> later on in the series uh, season which is hilarious so chapter is, is there what actually happened in uh, it's just set up in the Awakening. Do they actually do any adventure stuff yet? Yeah. So there's another Fire Navy ship that comes by just as like a routine oh, check. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. you know, your ship number isn't supposed to be in this quadrant or whatever naval speak is. And they go, oh, we've got this letter from an admiral. Totally. And then someone, they realize that they're not really what they are. And then we see Katara Radley 
like bend water and split two battleships, like part them yeah, in yeah, the yeah. seas, and then they, you know, get away. Aang is the whole thing is this is the episode Aang learns that it's better to be secret because he tries to go out and fly and gets super tired and then gets picked back up by his friends. But like he's like, I gotta go announce that the Avatar is alive and well, and then it's not good. And he talks to Roku again, and Roku's like, Look, I fucked up a whole bunch of shit, but you're gonna make it right because you're me and the avatar and ang is like you know what that's fair so there's yeah, not that... much action in it but like the the little bit is for more character development it is definitely like season opener it mm-hmm. sucks that roku feel like is in the afterlife being like i fucked it up i yeah. fucked it all up and i have to watch my other self try and unfuck the thing that i just left fucked yeah, and the uh, that later episode, the Fire Lord and the Avatar, one of my favorite episodes because I'm a huge yeah. I'm a huge slut for back uh, for like world building. Uh, I, so when you give me those history <laughs> lessons, I love it. I love backstory, dude. Yeah, I like huge. give me all, dude. Give me all them flashbacks. Never come back to present times. <laughs> yeah, do a whole prequel so series, good. dude. I'm so about it. Always prefer a prequel versus sequel. I, I don't know what it is about me. I almost Star Wars is like the only thing that fucked up that, but I love a prequel series. Oh, that's that's a that's a big can of worms. Man. I was gonna say let's I'm, not have to keep that that puppy that, that, that's, that's, that's gonna be a twenty four episode series. This is gonna be eventually this is gonna be a Star Wars podcast. We're just bickering for two hours every episode. <laughs> oh, I can't uh, wait till we get to episode nine. Dude. But it leads oh, it leads to chapter two, the headband. Which oh, look at I'm, Mr. Titles over there. I'm just gonna say it. This was just Footloose. Yeah. <laughs> It was just Footloose. I <laughs> did not feel that they were trying to hide that fact. I know, no, I. But it's just, hey, how, what if I'm, we free like these repressed, angry Fire Nation monsters with the power of dance? All we needed was one steel mill and some acrobatics out of Ang. We would have had a perfect Kevin Bacon moment. Yeah, I, I, they, it was more, it wasn't that they were hiding like it. This. It wasn't that they were hiding it. It was more for efficiency for the audience, like our listening audience, yeah, yeah. to just get it fully without having to be like, oh, I wonder what crazy things happen here. Yeah. Yeah. I think the most important things we get from this episode are the use of old Fire Nation slang, like Hotman. <laughs> Flamio, <laughs> Hotman. Flamio, Hotman. Flamio, Hotman. Uh, Flamio, Hotman. How you doing there? Also, also my, uh, my friend Aaron pointed out when we were watching this, um, Aang constantly gets the Fire Nation bow incorrect because he is doing the one from a hundred and, you know, plus years ago. And they have updated it after the whole Sozin. Like, there's the hand above the fist, mm-hmm. and Aang constantly puts it here, puts it, like, net basically touching each other because that's how it used to be before Fire Lord Sozin and, oh, like, all the, the subsequent war Fire Lords changed it up to show that sort of thing right because he gets corrected at least twice i think in this episode for doing it wrong yeah i sh- i love seeing what's up in the fire nation i think it's so cool <laughs> yeah. chapter I, three the oh, painted lady before we get into painted lady um because it it, and it goes pretty well in because we have katara and Sokka doing some fun bits in this one ang gets he they steal a bunch of clothes to fit in in the fire nation and ang accidentally steals a school uniform 
not knowing that what a school uniform in the mm-hmm. Fire Nation would look like. So he gets like picked up by the cops for truancy and dumped in a Fire <laughs> Nation class. And this is where the Footloose thing starts to happen. Like, oh, you, you guys got to start dancing and stuff, you know, like what's dancing? But uh, he keeps making a ruckus because he's like, no, you know, like free love and all that shit, you know, or have a great yeah. time, you know, peace, love and a little bit of weed. And um, <laughs> his parents get called. Never. Oh my god, it's so funny. <laughs> they make that, yes. <laughs> they do like uh Wang Fire and Sapphire Fire. Wang Sapphire. Fire, how are you, you old so and so? Sokka with an amazing fake beard that <laughs> he doesn't want to take off after the episode. Yeah. Oh that's right, that's right. He wants to keep it up. Oh. Um before and one other quick thing, uh Aang is wearing a headband the whole time, which is actually just a belt that's upside down. So like on every He's other Quail school Man. student, oh. it's a belt, and the triangle on it is the other way. He is just wearing an ups. Might as well be fucking Quail Man running around with his underwear outside yeah. of shorts and a belt looped on top of his head. Also, Why? if you if you look at the belt, it's also an arrow pointing down, and yes, that's the yeah. one he puts on to <laughs> cover like his exactly own arrow. In, and then yeah. there's like a that's seam, so a golden seam it's down perfect. the back that matches his tattoo exactly. and seams down the side. So like, <laughs> okay, I'm pretty sure I would have still recognized Aang, yeah. the protagonist, had you guys not like made it so damn obvious this costume is yeah. Aang. Uh, why do I feel like, Brian, you dressed up as Quail Man as a child? I dressed up for Halloween in college. I dressed up as Quail Man. I went to a, <laughs> I went to a party like I went to a party like that, and uh, spoiler alert, did not go home with a woman after that party. I just so, I love the the idea <laughs> of you looking in the mirror with that costume on. Just... I'm going, yep. Look like a fucking idiot. I just, I, li- I think I went into that bat and went into the bathroom at that party and just went, "What am I doing with my life?" <laughs> I don't know. I do? I'm putting myself in your shoes and just like, I'm gonna look at myself with my underwear on the outside, like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be beating prospects back with a boat paddle." Like I am gonna Did roll I... into this party. <laughs> Anyway, nah, so dude, you you got to be the friend who comes dressed as pork chop. <laughs> if that if that had been, the, I would have won had that if some if a friend had taken the other. Dude, I see. I feel like I could have done pretty well coming in dressed as pork chop. <laughs> I'm gonna solid be honest, it's, chop, me. it's me. I think I'm the pork chop in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, chapter three, the painted lady. Not my favorite. Another kind of filler episode. We do uh, see yeah, a little I bit like more. What, I like what happens, but I would rather have like read about it in like a side comic, like a side web mm-hmm. comic that they released. You know, like. Yeah, we it does give us a little bit more of uh, complexity in the Fire Nation society. Like not everything's hunky dory. Like even some Fire Nation citizens are getting the shit end of the stick of this imperialist mm-hmm. empire because um, there there's a fishing village, like a provincial sort of thing built on rafts and boats and docks and shit and they're down river from uh, a fire nation war plant and it's polluting their river so they can't mm-hmm. get anything but the simpsons two-headed fish out of the water which they yes. literally do get a two-headed fish <laughs> yes when they try to go to the market so that's oh, a cool bit this is also the guy this is the guy with doc and shoe and the, the guy who is four different people at the same time Yes, right? they've all lost their minds on this. Yeah, show. everyone's fucking <laughs> losing it. Yeah, everyone is just suffering from like huge mercury poisoning. And Katara tries to save them by pretending to be this local legend and water bending and purifying the waters that are there and all that sort of shit. Well, um, she's she's thinking globally and acting locally, and they're like, no, <laughs> both both global, Glo- both global now. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it's different when you got the the nuclear bomb that is. 
the the avatar. Yes. Uh, did I say nuclear? Correct. Nuclear. Yeah. yeah. You didn't say I, nuclear. I you said I, nuclear. I don't know. Yeah. I don't trust it. Uh, chapter four: Sokka's master. So this episode has there's a couple of anime moments in this season um, and they <laughs> oh, just sure. whip out randomly. So this episode, the plot is basically Sokka feels a little bit um, toothless because he can't bend. and He doesn't feel like he's a, com- a contributing member of the combat portion of Team Avatar because a meteor comes down and they immediately like put out the giant fire, which I'm sure might also be radioactive of this fire. And Sokka is just kind of like, you go, team. I can't. <laughs> court change the course of a river or something to help out here but he finds uh, a master master pian dao who trains him in the art of like classical chinese swordsmanship um but before this they try to make Sokka feel better and i what makes Sokka feel better but as a shopping trip and so they go to an armory and he's like playing around with weapons and everything and then they cut to ang and ang is wearing like mortal combat dragon demon or like soul yeah. caliber demon yeah, yeah, armor yeah. and you hear it's like amazing. The, like behind him like yeah this will do it this is awesome <laughs> it's very funny one of my favorite moments of the episode um, and a day yeah, later, I, Sokka yeah. masters swords. That's really the only thing. And we mentioned, I think, in an earlier episode of uh, this is, like, the most sketchiest timeline of, really, he mastered it in a day. All, all right, sure, that's it, fine. They really push it on this They one. really, yeah, this is the closest one. However, I was mostly distracted because uh, Iroh is also in this episode. <laughs> Not doing much, but it's training <laughs> and it's great oh yeah he's, he devises his plan to because he's in prison and uh there's actually a great moment before where it was also kind of eerie every i was excited to hear the new voice actor in full doing iroh but they yeah. very much kept him like away he does not say a lot for at least the beginning part of this um there is a it's kind of an eerie moment where Zuko goes to see Iroh and he just talks at him. And I'm like, it's chilling because I'm like, well, the original voice actor is gone. And like, I know they probably have the new voice actor already, but like, he doesn't say anything. So like the character moment is still there and it's still like kind of unsettling because they won't talk. Like Iroh will not talk to his, basically his son, but his uh, nephew Mm-hmm. But also the real life aspect kind of bled into that for me where I was just like, oh, it feels kind of it feels like kind of talking to a ghost, at least at this point. But um, yeah, Iroh kind of gets his some of his fire back yeah. in this episode and starts to train. It's like, uh, um, Zuko, do you feel like I'm ghosting you right now? Because you killed this relationship. Ex- <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not, yeah, exactly. Any of it right now. I didn't even I didn't even I never think about it. Like, I know that the voice mm-hmm. actor died, but I just going in, I'm always, I guess, fully fully wrapped up in what's happening well i'll I'll also say this the 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 two iros there's almost no like there's a difference if you're looking for it and you're really trying you're really listening there's a difference but like if you exactly like if you're just watching it to watch it nothing it'll be the same i will say they use the same voice actor the second one for uh and some parts in legend of korra and he mm. does not sound the same. And I'm like, oh. it's the same guy. What are yeah, you doing, he... dude? 
Yeah, did you become the fucking Marlboro man for a little bit? What Your happened? voice sounds way worse. He might have just had a bad. I was gonna say he might have just had a bad. Uh, I don't know, but I will say what, on on the the subject of feeling like you're talking to a ghost. It's one of the poltergeists. It's like Poltergeist three. The uh, it's the same little girl from the mm-hmm. first one, and she dies. Like the the actress dies. Yeah, and they're all like, "Well, that was horrible, and we don't want to." even put this movie out anymore and the the studio made them do it oh, and they made them God. film one where they're like holding like a fake little girl no. and like Ugh. that's dressed up like her to, it's so to like dark. look look her it's just ghastly dude. wow that's it's, ghoulish Jesus. It's completely ghoulish Horrid. yeah fuck's sake speaking of things that are not that my god um what oh. i love uh i guess in terms of also structure Fuck it. I'm just no segue. Um, what I love that Avatar <laughs> The Last Airbender does is in the training montage, we don't have a whole episode where you have like the you're the best around. <laughs> like we got to do a whole half an episode of training shit They with the Iroh getting back to being jacked thing. It's just like five, 10, 15 seconds a episode that we yeah. get that this is happening. Like, oh, thank God. Like, I just, it's enough to tell me, but you guys have 22 minutes here. Every second counts. I don't need another 13 minutes of Goku yelling in order to get the point that he's charging up. <laughs> he does it. I think they show once, right? One, two, two times. To- it's yeah, like, that's it's like one time to show very started. Brief. They show when he starts training, like and then, he, which is really cool because he's like looking up at the moon, and you can tell yeah, that he just all of a sudden decides he's yes. gonna fuck shit up, uh, <laughs> and he starts working out right there. And then the second time is when they is just him taking his shirt off and being like, and being "I'm like, ready oh. now to fuck shit up." Yeah, <laughs> fuck there is no radical. there is no real yeah yeah not exactly. even like the multiple times every episode it's nothing it's like just... that. Which I also well, appreciate. He's not learning anything. He's just getting back into shape. It's all that matters is. He decided, and now he's in it again. Like, you're good. <laughs> okay, we've been talking a lot. What episode are we on? Because I feel like I had one more thing for this. this, is, that a, was this is We're still on the... Sokka's Master. Yeah. Okay. And I was going to say, I appreciate that they gave him that, that mastery. Yeah, I wish yeah, they yeah. would have yeah. used it more. And God damn, that, I, the space sword. Space sword. Um, what space I also love is sword. this fills out for Sokka. Okay, and this is going to be like a theme that I want to talk about and something that they do for a lot of the characters, especially Katara and Sokka. Um, there's a lot of like understated parallels that they go through mm-hmm. and I'll talk about Katara later and I'm going to get fucking crazy because it's my, one of my favorite things. But in this one, uh, Sokka's now either been a student or quote unquote master of an art from each of the four nations like he the waterbending like fighting style the kiyoshi warriors for the earth uh oh. when he learned about how to design the air balloon and mm-hmm. like how to fight you know without yeah. direct oh. confrontation and now this one is like a firebender teaching him classical swordsmanship oh. so we go through and he too like gains something from each of the nations and like oh that's fucking rad that all right cool, cool Sokka. that's a that's taylor, a good payoff look at taylor coming in with the fucking masters in english catching this shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's out there, but uh, that's what I, I picked up. Dude, on. I ain't seen no BuzzFeed article on that shit. I was gonna <laughs> yeah. Ten things you missed in Avatar The Last Airbender. See, but that's always what I want those articles yeah, to be. Yeah, it's like Sokka goes through this and they're like, <laughs> But it's always like, Sokka's middle name is actually Alfonso, <laughs> says the the actor no. that it no. is. Ang Aloysius Avatar. Half, half, <laughs> half of them are just things that happen in the show that nobody missed. That's the problem. It'd be like, <laughs> I know they do. They do well, a mix. Like, yeah. Yeah. The so. People like that. I, God, it's, um, what's or that one, um, YouTube series? Like, 
it's always a woman's voice like 10 watch mojo watch mojo top 10 hate that shit because it's so stupid and like no i watched the movies and like sure you guys put a couple things together and said nothing about like why it's cool that you put these things together like you didn't do the second step of like analyzing the cover the cover for those videos it's always the worst because the cover shows the red circling of something you can never see from the cover of the video what they circled and you're like i have to watch this video to know what they circled in that clip and then they never show you anything. it's not even bad analysis it's sinister that they know that it's not good analysis and they're gonna make you click on it anyway like you guys are putting so much effort into getting people to watch bullshit why don't you just take a little bit of that effort off the top there and put it into the goddamn content of the video sorry i i've watched so many of those things i've been burned so many times by watch mojo well i I always love you just do it you could yeah it's you true. would be very successful if you could actually if you could come up with ten things like that Avatar one you just did for everything. That's you'd it. Dude. Be in business. You'd be, you'd be good. You'd be you'd be cooking instead of top ten underrated villains from movies. Oh, number one, Darth Vader. And you'd be like, no. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> like, he's perfectly rated. He is you want to know a show that like called this shit out of weirdly was the newsroom. Um, and sometimes in the dark, <laughs> you fucking third, love that show. I you know I did because. It felt good to like bask in oh, we can't go hindsight on bias for a bit, really but like, <laughs> like since Donald Trump's been our president, I have not enjoyed this show. Um, but it's there's they the guy who runs their website and like does a lot of their blog content gets fired for a little bit or is like suspended for a little bit. Danny Pudi's character and he comes back and these two chucklehead fucks. Dev Patel, it's taking, not Danny Pudi is Abed. Sorry, uh, you're right. Uh, Dev Patel, sorry. Um, Dev Patel's uh, character <laughs> is out. <laughs> And um, he comes back, and these two chuckle fucks are, like, writing, yes. um, like, oh, you know, the worst movies to come out ever. And, like, The Matrix is one of them. Like, The Matrix, <laughs> a movie that came out in 1999. The year is 2010, and you think that this was the worst movie that has come out. You don't have a single movie before 1990. You know, it just, like, rips them <laughs> apart. Like, this is a terrible thing. This is cheap and dumb, yeah. and it's not what we do here. Get the fuck out of my seat, window licker. <laughs> You know, and, and it's like it's it's really good. Uh, chapter five, chapter the five. beach. The beach is a funny. Oh, second anime moment. The second. Um, so I'll let someone else describe what happens in the episode. I just want to talk about. Are you talking? Are you talking about the the volleyball? The uh, okay. So yeah, what's happening yes. in, in the episode? This is there. Uh, Zuko and uh, Azula. Azula and my. And Ty Lee. Yep. Is it Ty Lee? You're absolutely correct. You're you're four for four. Okay. Uh, They go to Fire Island. Ember Island. To Ember Island. Damn it. No relation to Fire Island. No relation to Fire Island. (laughs) (laughs) That's a whole other type of... (laughs) No, I'm I'm burned. Who's next? Uh, (laughs) Um, So they go there... And they're, like, sent on a forced vacation for an unknown reason at this point. Kind of get out of the public eye for a bit because, you know, Zuko's having a hard time adjusting. And the last thing they need is a maladjusted prince right now. They're, like, you know, not a great time. Him or Azula act very poorly to the help, right? Somebody does something. uh, Well, the whole thing thing in this was is they go to that. I don't know the relation, and maybe they do talk about it. Maybe it's in some wiki or something. But those two old witches or the fates that fucking they're, they're hang insane. out with, they just with uh, show Azula up in the third like, season, and they're there all the time. Dude, they're in the second season. They're on her boat running around yeah. while she's oh, being. Shit, you're right. But they're just saying they're talking like Macbeth witches or like fate. Like 
they're like one of them talks, then the other one talks, and they finish the sentence together. Finishing and it's like, each other's sentences. Exactly. Like it's it's yeah. it's really weird. But they're on the island with them because it looks like they're going to their vacation home or something like that, and they are awkward and weird but now funny because they're like let's go to the beach and then they both strip off their clothes to bathing suits with very saggy boobs for a television show and all the kids are like (laughs) it's a weird joke it's it's, it is literally just a vacation episode in the sense of love it everybody has been on this type of vacation where they're with family and they're like why are we here i kind of don't want to do this this kind of sucks we met um, some beach kids. Yeah. You want to go to their party? Then they and meet ditch some beach and kids and go to their party instead. Um, this episode is interesting because it, it gives Azula more backstory, as well as actually team basically anti Avatar. Um, May and Ty Lee also get a not necessarily come to Jesus moment, but like the the page is revealed sort of thing like there's, there's that, a like very direct come to jesus moment exa- around the campfire <laughs> exactly like it's all this was an example where i think the performances helped it but the writing was very direct in this where it's I, like you don't care about anything may all you do is run around saying i don't care because you were spoiled blah 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 and i'm like first of all y'all are being very mean to each other and yeah. unnecessarily so i would say but, they really let loose on that i mean but, it yeah so the, the writing is i mean they i yeah. always think about it is they have 22 minutes like, uh, yeah. we gotta, we gotta well, get through of it. course <laughs> and uh, i was i was gonna give credit because the performances do give it gumption like you feel all the stuff and it yeah i'm so, not embarrassed like normal when yeah I, hear bad dialogue but this was this was also the thing about this is all of that stuff happened like they talk to each other all these things happen and it is both like and unlike team avatar because they have frank emotional discussions about their issues with each other but a lot of the times those are i lash out because the boiling point is reached and then immediately apologize because you know i care about your feelings and none of them apologize to each other after they're all like whatever and to the point that they just go back to th- the way they resolve it is they go back to the party they were at and completely trash the place like they just beat up this other guy and he's like do you know who my dad is and they're like shut the fuck yeah. up kid like <laughs> you want to talk like, about break, dad's they punk? literally just destroy his entire house and they're like so yay we solved it the zula has some very funny moments throughout mm-hmm. oh my god yeah they do they do a lot with her um one of the reasons I love this episode is the structure of it is an anime filler episode. Um, like we're like, oh, yes. the, we're going to go to the beach like as a class trip for whatever reason because we can't find a way to shoehorn this character development otherwise. So they, it's that. But the anime moment that I'm talking about and one of my favorite Zuko moments, it's like in the top three of this season, is Azula says, we are going to play volleyball and we shall destroy them. Come, all of you, now. And... You know, they all walk away, and Zuko rips off his shirt to show, like, his skinny teen pale body and a bunch of, like, seagulls behind him, and there's, like, a dark chord that's played, and all the girls just immediately, oh, oh. hi. <laughs> like, it's, it's very funny. The, like- the other one that I love is, so, Azula's, one of the big tensions is Azula and Ty Lee, actually, because Ty Lee is this bright, bubbly, Circus performing, acrobatic, like, you know, just 
great person. Girl. You know what I mean? She's an it girl. And she, yeah. And if you don't know who Ty Lee is at this point, what are you doing here? Except for like, so we'll what go are you back. even doing here? Yeah. Stop listening. Go back yeah. and watch all of our hundred episodes. Listen to all of our hundred episodes <laughs> no, and then but, come back to this one. Jesus, get um, out of here. But they're they're having a, a bit of a you know, Azula's not feeling great because she keeps basically trying to make overlord plans with every guy who will speak to her and like or is just horrible to them even if like before they get to that level and ty lee just getting a bunch of male attention to the point that at the party all of the guys she has met are like who do you like and she's like i like all of you you're all perfectly nice and they're like no but who do you like and she's like, uh, uh, and they keep like, you know, hounding her and you just, they cut back and it's all of them surrounding and you just hear, bah, 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 and they all fall over she's like drop and at she's once. like, uh, and just like hand walks away from them. It's great. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, it's, it's good. The Azula moments in this one are choice. I love the, uh, oh, Chet, that outfit is very sharp. You better watch out. It could take out an Imperial class battle cruiser, <laughs> killing hundreds of people, all of whom had families. <laughs> because it's, it's like an because awkward, it's so sharp. <laughs> because it's so sharp. Thanks. <laughs> Some very that one silly absolutely stuff. tickles yeah. me it's, the fuck yeah, pink no, every so time. Funny. Also, kind of does it for me. I don't know. What to, I don't know what to say. <laughs> uh, chapter six: The Avatar and the Fire Lord. The greatest backstory episode ever told. Um, we find it's a parallel episode between Roku and Aang and Zuko and some scrolls. Um, <laughs> at, the, <laughs> at, the, at the beginning, um, Zuko finds a note that's been left for him, maybe by Iroh. It doesn't really, but like you need to read the secret histories of the Fire Lord in the Fire Sage. The show. Ends up implying that it's Iroh. Yeah. Zuko presumes it, and there's a lot of... Exactly. And he brings it up It talks about... It says, you need to understand your great-grandfather's death. That's what it is. That's what what happened when your great-grandfather died. That's what it says. And And then Aang has a similar thing with uh, Roku. Like, Roku says, like, it's time that I tell you a little bit about my relationship with, like, the beginning of the war. And we find out that Avatar Roku and Fire Lord Sozin, <clears throat> who started the war, were best friends growing up. And they had they shared a lot of things. They shared a birthday even, which implies that he might have been the Avatar for me uh, a little bit. Like, that we just, like, barely skipped over that one. They shared a birthday and a lot of parallels. Like, Wait, high society, Fire that, Lord. That who might have been the Avatar? Sozin. Sozin, they share a birthday. Like that's always like what, where, how it hits me during that episode. Like uh, Sozin and I shared many things, including a birthday. Like, whoa, glad he wasn't born. You know, several hours earlier or later, and ended up accidentally being the Avatar in addition to an imperialistic, <laughs> dictatorial, militaristic fuck. Well, it wouldn't have been him because of that, and then also if he was, he wouldn't have been so evil because he would have been the Avatar, the Avatar. which has one could like, hope. No, none of the avatars are evil because like, it's it's part of their personality. I mean, they have different personalities, but I don't. In all yeah, of I, the the mythos that there is so far, they sh- they've shown that like they do have the same general like ideal. Like, I mean, they, yeah, they're not yeah. gonna grow up evil. We haven't no we haven't what, heard that's one nature there. No matter what nurture there is. Yeah, we haven't seen one fair. go. Wait a minute, I control all the elements. Why don't I control all the nation? Like, 
Fair. Yeah. Um, so I guess perhaps the reason that the war starts is Sozin is not the Avatar. I was regardless, say, actually, we learn more of that. Than <laughs> um, Roku on his 16th birthday is revealed to be the Avatar. He doesn't see his friend for like 10 years as he, okay, granted, it takes Roku 10 years to master the elements in the summer that Aang has to do this. Uh, but he comes back a fully realized Avatar. And a couple months later, he gets married to a girl that he was awkward around. But man, it's good to be the Avatar. Doesn't that make it ten times hotter? So they I get did married. Love and that, where he's like Roku. Yeah, it's like and being the Avatar doesn't hurt either. Like, oh, thanks, Bill Shatner as Roku. You know, it's just I love it. Uh, but at this point, Sozin uh, tells Roku at his wedding, like. So our nation is experiencing an unprecedented time of peace and prosperity. And I think we should share that with the world. And Roku's like, where are you going with this, Sozin? And he goes, I intend to conquer the rest of the world. And he, Avatar Roku, like pretty much spanks him. Like in honor, in the line is, in honor of our past friendship, um, I leave you with this warning instead of like clearly killing him. Because he like destroys the Imperial Palace in a quick burst of Avatar nonsense. And he goes like, After maybe they, if I they start fighting, like he's well, not, he doesn't. Just oh yeah, do yeah, yeah. It. He, he goes, no, no, he no. goes, he, he gets attacked, and that's yeah. why he like fucks up uh, Sozin because of course Sozin attacks first. Um, so like he fucks up, and then we get the rest of their life sort of. Uh, Sozin is an old man before like he really starts the war, and the only reason he gets the chance is uh, that Avatar Roku lives on a volcanic island, as seemingly a lot of the Fire Nation is on, yeah. and the volcano blows and Sozin is even there helping him briefly like when he sees it a hundred miles away like comes to help his old friend in honor of their old friendship but at the last moment when the volcanic gas is coming up and everything thinks about like well with you out of the way all of my dreams can come true and just lets Roku die and that's where Aang is born in that same moment exactly um yeah he fucking seal doors him from Lord of the Rings where he's like throw it in the fire we're literally almost there and he's like Nah, I'm I'm good. You can go fuck yourself, and fucking walks out on him. Like that first scene in the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy, so good, is maybe my favorite scene. So good. <laughs> I waited three movies for another scene like that. <laughs> oh, it's the music in the background too. The da 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 da. Yeah, in the background, so fucking spooky and wonderful. Uh, but we get at the end that. Roku has died, and Zuko's reaction is like, "Well, this is bullshit. My grand, my great grandfather isn't dead." And he goes to Iroh like, "What the fuck was that, man? Like, he didn't die." And like, "Well, you have to understand that your father's grandfather was Avatar uh, was was Fire uh, was Lord Sozin. Sozin, but your mother's grandfather was Avatar Roku." And he's like, "Nani?" <laughs> and so like, "Oh no, I, I have this weird genetic connection to the Avatar." And it's a, it's I, a, I react the same way he does every time. Somehow I forget every yeah, time. Yeah, uh, huh? and, and I'm always like, Ugh. yeah. It's it, it. So we he has he has both inside of him. He's yeah. He's, uh, his soul like, is shut in up. conflict. <laughs> Those two dragons before maybe it wasn't Iroh and Azula, the voice actors, Sozin. but it's really his avatar Roku and his Fire Lord Sozin influences inside. There it's is. cool. It's a really nice parallel with how they set up like the duality of influence on Zuko, which creates his internal conflict. Yeah, um, that like he has this imperialist power, which is tied up with his family. Uh, like his family responsibility, but he also is having traveled the world, seeing how much the the world hates the Fire Nation, and so we mm-hmm. we re- they really set up this like, what is Zuko gonna do? He's really actually understanding, not just like magic 
magical I let the bison go dream power like he's making yeah. a real moral choice and he's wrestling with it equally informed now for the first time like it's Which, good it's a good we setup. didn't talk about how in season two when he lets Appa go he gets really sick because he's let his good side win out and he has to go through a whole like oh I'm sick because my Iroh duality says, is ruined yeah, yeah. Iroh and, says something about you did something so against what you see yourself at like he just so sharply turned that he basically got motion sickness and fucking fell over and in a fucking horrible fever. Yeah, but then he's like, oh, I'm going to be evil now, and I'm not sick. That's and also, <laughs> now I'm good again, but that sickness thing is, is, is long. That was an episode filler, I guess. I don't <laughs> It was a handy storytelling device, I guess, yeah. <laughs> so, chapter seven, The Runaway. So this one does the TV trope of let's start it three quarters of the way through in a precarious, weird situation of, oh, my God, what's going to happen? And then it goes three days earlier, and then you get the whole context of it throughout the show. And then when you see this scene again, it makes all of the sense, and you're like, oh, I understand now this whole thing. I actually really dislike that trope. So this uh, episode did not cheap. have me at the beginning, but this is just a, this is a fun episode. I hate that trope. Yeah. Don't even remember what that is. It's just anytime that shit happens, I'm literally, I just start out so bored. Exa like, like, right? Oh, uh, fuck you guys. It's so. I don't care. I refuse to care about this thing that you set up for me. There, there no, are, there are always two fundamental issues with it because one, either they have a premise that you go, I don't give a shit about what status this is right now. Or two, you have one that's actually intriguing and you go oh this must be bullshit then because of who's yeah. involved there's no way they do this and just reveal it yeah, at the beginning it's like it's a cheap like gotcha like oh what yeah. oh my god this is gonna be a crazy episode and anyone who has watched more than one episode of this is like <laughs> all right cool. you immediately like, got it. nothing yeah. is what it seems sure there's a context whatever this whole that like literally you pull the rug out from under yeah. your premise at the beginning like Oh God! There's gonna be this weird turner up where Katara is throwing Toph in prison. Like, well, clearly because of this trope, that's not actually what's happening. Oh, and look at that! It's not actually what's exactly. happening. Okay, and cool. you can tell so early on. You're like, they're yeah. gonna come up with this game together. It's, yeah, obviously. Um, I did. It, it it bores like in other shows, this shit happens all the time. You just like <laughs> know what's gonna happen, and it's like fuck this. But this show is one where very regularly they're not just doing the expected thing. Correct. So when they do something bullshitty like this, it's just like <laughs> stop it. You're better than this. Don't talk to me like this. The, the, I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. The only thing about this episode is it did remind me that Ang and Toph are twelve. Like yeah. they are, <laughs> they are twelve years old because Ang goes. It, for comedic effect, obviously, but he's like, they do one scam and Katara is like, okay, but like, let's not let these get out of hand because scams are bad and what the fuck, guys? And Aang goes, I will make you an avatar promise that we will not let these out of hand. Immediately montage of them getting out of hand because they start by cheating a cheater. Then they're playing another gambling game, like a dice style game. Yeah. So it's like, whatever. Then they're just straight up cheating at legitimate tests of strength. They're straight up robbing <laughs> normal people out of money. Like, okay, yeah, that's that's where are, it hits the limit for they me. They get so uh, out of hand so quickly. <laughs> yeah, it starts innocuous enough in the last one where they, as a kid, I didn't realize like how bad this was. But they like stop a cart, like they make they a cart feel like sound like it 
round, like bumped over something yeah. and Toph falls on the ground like, oh no, I am a blind yeah. girl who you struck with your cart and out comes Sokka like dressed as a Fire Nation cop yes. and just like, all right, I'm waiting for my bribe now yeah, to let you go. They do a slip go. and fall. They literally do Jesus a slip and fall. They're like, <laughs> but it's rich folk, right? Yeah. Yeah, but well, like the, that that guy is a rich guy. It's not exactly it doesn't come off as a Robin Hood moment. Exactly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he's not some, some scumbag I'm 14 yeah. and mad with power. Exactly. Um he also has the Wang Fire beard on again <laughs> to impersonate the cop. The other uh, it's amazing. Uh the other thing that is in this is uh I'm just going to call him what Sokka eventually leads to calling him as we see Combustion Man in this episode who is an assassin hired by Zuko to kill the Avatar in secret because he is like, the Avatar is definitely alive. I'm going to make sure he's dead so that there's no issue anymore. And I can also say that I did kill the Avatar. Um, Combustion Man's super cool because he's got a weird eye on his forehead and he breathes in and makes explosions that look like they're from his mind. And he's got a sick metal arm claw and a sick metal boot. And the explosions from his head make an awesome sound. So I just yeah, really that. like the aesthetics of yeah, like the <laughs> like. I just, just like really when cool. it when explosions are like the really thin and then the blow up. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The same thing is like I really yeah. like it when explosions do the suck every like implode and then explode. <laughs> yeah. 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 Absolutely. Uh, so also, he's got like all of those. The, <laughs> the explosion from Spider-Man Two with Tobey Maguire. Shut up. That shit's cool too. <laughs> Stop oh, talking. the one at the end where the sun is like. In general, I have the power of the sun in the palm of my hands. <laughs> so rad. Yeah. Okay, Sonny D. Who plays um, Otto Octavius? In uh, that Alfred, Molina. Molina, Alfred Molina. It is Alfred Molina, yeah. Alfred Molina. Excellent actor. Played so Doc good. Tremendous. Beautiful, dude. So good. Gotta go do more Spider-Man episodes. Uh, so to, to clarify, um, he is now Sparky Sparky Boom Man. He becomes sorry, Combustion that's... Man, but he is hired by Zuko before he has this like Avatar and the Fire Lord tussle with the emotional maturity thing yeah. that we yeah. talked about the moral quandary i'd like to just talk about him right now i did i miss something on this watch around i feel like i remember there being some known reason why he refuses to listen to zuko when zuko says that the hit is off did like azula pay him off or something no that's not explained um because i i've always wondered about that too and i i always assumed it was sort of like you hired yeah, like the mad dog, and he's got the scent. You're not gonna call him off, sort of thing. I don't know if that's what they were trying to play it as, but it's it's one of those premises that they have on there. Like we need, we're gonna set this up ahead of time so that later on we can have a payoff mm-hmm. uh, when we take care of Combustion Man. But like it's yeah, it's not explained later on when Zuko goes like, "Hey, I hired you. This is done. We're we're not doing this anymore. Like, I'll goes, pay like, you yeah, double but to I'm, stop." Yeah, yeah, I'm still going to inhale and try to kill the Avatar for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. No, not explained. You're right. Pretty cool. Uh, I will mention in uh, – so Legend of Korra in general I don't think very good. Like much much more poorly written. Does not have like the full it arc. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some things I particularly like in season three of that show. They just have like a good villain set up. It's like a – They do. It's a small group of benders. The mod squad, yeah, and it's one of them is a basically a combustion woman. Oh, uh, his daughter, right? They never said that. I don't think. I would I'm love to positive. I'd love to read up. more about that if that's the case. I don't remember anything about that. Uh, and I, I watched it after this run of uh, mm-hmm. Avatar. Uh, they have a lava bender. They have a 
I forget. What the, oh, oh, they have a a woman who has no arms, and her so name she is Ming Hua. Water bending to have like tentacle arms all the time. Oh, sick! Like Katara does occasionally. Yeah. Yeah, but she's got no arms, and she's super. She she reminds me of the female in uh, the boys, honestly, with her demeanor. Kimiko. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the their leader is a is a evil air, airbender. Oh. who who Ooh. like who like loves airbending <laughs> philosophy it's it's actually really awesome Sounds awesome like, there's there's a good number yeah. of parts from that that are really cool that's great but like they stuck the landing on literally just the villains for season three and, and so yeah like, some of their interactions like with because like to hear legitimately scares the shit out of Korra, <laughs> which is really cool um, oh my but God. going back to combustion man yes pretty cool yeah not the coolest, I think. He's a he's a They're, fun little side antagonist. Like I'm glad we, they only spend as long as they do. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. We do get the cool moment where a pebble accidentally hits his little it's third right. eye yeah. place, and he can't combust, and, like, and it oh, kind of blows geez. up in his face. And in that moment, it kind of goes, "Oh, I know why you have a metal arm and a metal leg." Like learning to do combustion bending, you definitely blew yourself yeah. up once. Like you for sure blew yourself up at least. I Possibly once, maybe twice. That. I do. I do want to say one thing, and it's technically spoilers for Combustion Man, but who gives a shit? It's blanket spoilers for all of this. We're we're getting through all of this. I though. was I was super disappointed. Um, I was happy when he was defeated and gone and all that situation. I so wanted Toph to get her metal bendy hands onto his fucking arm or leg oh. and just like rip it in half, you know, like crush it, like do something super yeah. sick with it. Because I was like. Metal, right there. Get Toph in, and she will break him in half. Like, come on. This uh, is so you're easy. so right. She should have this probably been able to do that from a distance. I know, I guess she No, no, she always, pretty much always, uh, at the, the end fight she does a little bit that isn't necessarily, but she's almost always in contact yeah, when she yeah. metal bends. Yeah, she did just discover, like, exactly. this, yeah. the, like the ultimate form of earth bending. Because if she just did this, she just, like, you know, clenched her fist in and fucking combusted him and fell like apart. Yeah, like, him. <laughs> um, one of the things that I love about fantasy, one of my favorite, like, fantasy tropes, and you see it a lot in fantasy television, especially animated television, um, is the idea of anachronistic and incredibly advanced mm-hmm. prosthetics. I'm thinking of auto mail from Full Metal Alchemist specifically, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but also just like that sparky, sparky boom man slash combustion man has fully functioning yes. and amazing prosthetics is always one of my favorite <laughs> things. Like every fantasy person agrees like, cool, not quite sure why prosthetics can't be cooler, but um, they are. They're like, that's just a <laughs> thing in our universe immediately. 100%. It's a good, just never a bad choice. Never a bad choice. Chapter eight. The Puppet Master. Just ch- chapter eight. I've got a lot to say. Chapter eight. Guess what, everybody? If you thought book two was about being sad and emotional, book three is about being fucking scary. That's all it is. Oh, yeah. Just scary I just and awful and scary and mean. And that's, Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> it starts in earnest right here at this episode. <laughs> it's the horror episode. Oh, it's so uh, scary. It's pretty rad. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, they it, they okay. So a lot of shows like Star Trek does a lot of like one per, not season, but like one per series. They do like one horror episode, yeah. and they're usually pretty cool. Like I always really like them, but this is the show that took like, yeah, we're gonna do this horror episode, and we're gonna fucking nail it. Like nothing. Like they 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 stick that landing ten out of ten. You know, across the board. Um, Chef's so, Hori, do you want to tell us about the the plot of this one? Because I feel like this might be one of your favorite episodes. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. I mean, like the it so the 
the general setup. So for me, honestly, in shows that are not horror shows, I generally do not like the horror episode. Yeah, because it's always like, oh, they what the setup in this one is that they're in this town and like villagers have been going missing and they get help from a from an old woman and she ends up being Southern Water Tribe. Her name uh, is Hama. Yeah, and normally it's just like okay, and then it turns out that it's like not actually a horror thing and everything's fine. Yeah, or it's like you know. Not not like a super cool horror thing, or right? like, like a just, or, or like the generic a generic villain, like oh the Fire Nation is using the the legend of whatever to just build a machine or something like yeah, yeah it's something some sort like of that, bullshit. Yeah. They, they yeah. always end with like, but we're not a horror show. We're like uh, this type of show, so this yeah. is what it actually is. In this one, it ends up that Hama, after being kidnapped from the Southern Water Tribe as a teen child, teenager, and yeah, teen. spending many years in captivity develops blood bending by starting to manipulate the rats that are in the the ship that she's on and then she can only do it during the full moon correct uh which is a trend that continues i I think for the rest of the show uh i'm gonna get into that i want to talk about that a little bit but yeah the and it ends up that she's the one who's been kidnapping fire nation civilians and uh, holding them in a cage. She's not killing them, right? She's just, she's just jailing them, them like she was jailed, like she is just yeah. putting them in prison. Yeah, and uh, but <laughs> it's that would probably be enough. But she gets this obsession with Katara and wanting to teach her bloodbend, and they have they have some beautiful imagery throughout. By the way, mm-hmm. like she's teaching it to her in a, a flower field. She, Katara doesn't know about the prisoners yet. She just has found out about the bloodbending. And she shows no, no, that, just that Hama is Southern Water Tribe. She yes. doesn't. That's the big reveal at the end after like Hama's gained her trust. Well, she uh, she shows that you can get water from anything, and she does this this beautiful move where she steals all the water from the Plants, flowers yeah. in the field that she's around, and they like steals all the color from them. They all wilt. No, they all wilt and die because they is. have no yeah. water. Yet, yeah, like, but it is. Yeah, it's that beautiful like because they're like red and yellow, and they're Fire Nation. She talks about how rare, like, they bloom, like, a couple weeks a year, and she just fucking wipes them out just to show a fancy water move, like. Yeah, but the the big thing is that she's like, Katara, you're going to learn bloodbending, and Katara's like, nah. Am I? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, and eventually, everybody finds out that Hama's the evil one. They all come to try to stop her, and then she bloodbends the shit out of everyone, and she's like, oh, I'm I'm all-powerful. Nobody can do anything to me. And Katara ends up bloodbending her back to gain control of the situation. And it is the the joy that Hama yeah. had. Like, she, it's like her final line. What is it? it? It's like, congratulations, Katara. You're a bloodbender. And, like, and Katara, Katara just weeps. turns and weeps. Yeah. And it's just, just like, oh, actually my God. Disgusted this with episode. herself. Yeah, like... <laughs> So this particular fight, I, I mentioned like Sokka learning the four arts. I want to talk about the water bending fight that Hama and Katara have because now we start to see like that mixing of styles that I talked about last episode, and uh, how much I like Katara and why she's my favorite bender. So we at first it's like a pretty standard um, water bender fight. Like after Katara says like, "Oh no, I'm not doing blood bending. That's fucked up. Absolutely not." And she goes, "No, you will. I'm gonna fight you for it." Um, so they, a lot of like things are getting passed back and forth, like a lot of Tai Chi sort of moves. The water's being passed into they're redirecting things. And then there's a point where Hama sends a huge blast her way and Katara just like horse stances and blocks it, like just mm-hmm. straight up blocks it and it goes out and they cut to Hama's face and she's like baffled. 
um, that one, you see like how strong of a bender Katara is. And two, you see like, that's an earth bending move. Cause like the, that the, just like, cause you're talking about a low horse stance, which is Hungar, right? Yeah. Like she, like they show her from the side and it is like low horse stance and she just like stiff arms the water and she yeah. blows it back. Like it's just, you see like, it's like it's hitting a wall and it reverberates. And then directly <laughs> afterward, she takes the water entirely from two trees and like two blocks hit Hama on the top and side and she spins around and falls. But like those two things, and then we'll see a couple of examples later where it's just like how much uh, Katara's bending style is unique and like is a admixture of earth bending at yeah. least and water bending like it, it does take that raw power sort of thing and it's for me it's really cool to see like how the influence of team avatar like all of the people are going through these four nation sagas at the same time like all of their particular arts are developing with angs Bro, yeah she's, look, she's, at, look at she's pulling Taylor an iroh with, yeah with the fucking analysis coming in again so is are you getting these from having watched it? You watched the last like seven like, three times, times yeah. again, <laughs> right? Like this. Yeah, like Emily recently. and I talk a lot about this. And the last point I want to make about one of the last episodes is a point that she brought up that I thought was fucking genius. Yeah, because we heard I just <laughs> talk about like how good the yeah. show is. I gotta say, there's so I'm I'm not a big show rewatcher. This is one I've watched probably three times now. Okay, uh, but. Normally, because I feel like something. If you're like rewatching whatever random comedy show, it's like, how much are you really going to get out of watching no, New dumb. Girl again? I mean, besides, besides, you know, joy and comfort, and you should absolutely the popcorn. Like, I'm not of trying it, to like judge the, you for that, but yeah, it it is very cool to see you pulling these things out of having watched Avatar so many times. Yeah, it's and it's there. Like there, I mm-hmm. I think. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's a big stretch. The things that I'm saying, I think there's a lot of a lot of work that went into, especially with animation where you have to choose everything intentionally because you have to draw it all down. There's very little like, oh, the actor's choice, the lighting was this, this one day. And Mm -hmm. that's always been something I've really liked about animation, that there is a strong intentionality because it's a blank canvas that gets filled uh, in every shot. And even if that wasn't the case, there's like evidence in the text that this happens because Iroh's lightning reflect is a water bend. Like he explicitly yeah. says, I learned this by watching the water bend. Like clearly yeah. there's you, precedent you've established. You've got to take wisdom from of... everywhere. Exactly. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> Chapter nine, nightmares and daydreams. This is a fun also anime episode. Is, yes. Ang is me in this episode almost every day of the week. He can't <laughs> sleep and tries to stay awake for the rest of it. And it doesn't work. If you don't know, our our dear co-host Brian has to work a, a, a night shift. No, he's on early morning shift. shift. Early, like morning a shift. modified third shift. But yeah, exactly. It might as well be a, a third shift. Yeah, it's anyway. fucked up. Is the point? Um, I love the nightmares job. and daydreams. I mean, there's, it's I I think that Aang, so Aang can't sleep because he's worried about all the shits going on. He's having all sorts of delusions. Um. I honestly, I get more of a kick out of Sokka on the cactus juice or like whenever Sokka's <laughs> freaking out about something unreasonable than I do out of Aang. So it's not as yeah impressive of an episode to me. There are some funny bits, but I well, thir- he keeps the- imagining his fight with the, the Fire Lord and he, he keeps having nightmares that keep him up all night. 
So he's like going fucking crazy from the lack of sleep and all of the dreams are in a different animation style because yeah. he doesn't know. He's never met the Fire Lord. So it's just like a child's anime imagination of what the Fire Lord is. And one of them is like, Fire Lord Ozai, I've come to defeat you for the things that you've done to the nations. And he goes, but how will you defeat me when they haven't studied for your math test? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's- so See, good. but on the, on the other hand, this doesn't happen for another few episodes. But there's one point where they wake up and Aang and Momo are missing, and they're looking for them. And Aang and uh, Sokka's like, "It finally happened! Fucking uh, Appa, Appa ate Momo!" <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, crawls all he's the way. Into coming his in there, buddy. Yeah, like he's literally. <laughs> there's a, so we also, good. I think, we might have missed it, but there's another time where. Uh, I think Toph asks somebody. No, Sokka asks if he can like borrow Momo. <laughs> oh, and like, there's why? A point, and there's he's a like, point uh. where, uh, yeah, somebody. Oh, no, no. I think that's a little bit later because it's, it's, it's when they're all taking field trips to Suko. They ask to take Appa, and he's like, sure. And then Sokka goes, while well, you're at it, can I borrow Momo for a week? And he's like, why? I don't, I don't know. I'll figure it out. <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. There, there are. It's not. They don't make a direct statement about it, but I feel like they do imply that I'm having so much trouble with all the names right now. Sokka really likes Momo. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Sokka is a huge fan of Momo. Uh. <laughs> Anything else about that one? No, it's not really a filler, but it it certainly like develops that anxiety about like yeah, you're a twelve year old and you have to fight a warlord who's been training his entire life for this moment and has a hundred year head start on you. Good luck. Although, um, so it does like raise the heat a little bit, raises the temperature a little bit. Would like to talk about that a little bit because I've wondered that myself. They make the fire lord out to be the ultimate, like the the best. Pretty, they make him out to be the most powerful bender in the world. Pretty much, except for the Avatar, because of the Avatar. Because he's the Avatar, yeah. Uh, but he hasn't gone to war, right? Iroh went to war. He stayed home. He just stays in the palace, even if he was training with people all the time. Like, who yeah. else would be good enough to train him that good? Like, he doesn't Two do things. actual fighting. Um, one, there is the implication when they have the audience with Sozin in that. Back flat that flashback episode where they show like yeah. how Ozai like usurped Iroh as the Fire Lord, where uh, the ability, the bending ability of the royal family is incredibly important. And then in a Dark Horse comic that comes after Avatar, nice. we when we describe what happens to Zuko's mother, we found that like the Imperial family partic- like picks strong fire bending families to like breed the royal family to be the strongest benders. That's ah. why Azula is like the only one ever who's made blue flames. Exactly. Um, is she but, the like, only it one? Is, yeah, it never in happens show, again. Yeah, definitely. In the show. No, no one else can do it. Not even Iroh, not even Zhang Zhang, not even Aang. Um, like Azula is truly a prodigy. And a lot of that we find out is like this Benny Gesserit style breeding program <laughs> to create the greatest firebenders. Like, and they keep them in the royal family as like another element of their control and mm-hmm. like another element. Like, we are the centralized m- synecdoche of firebending, we are the, f- the fire lords. You love to Very hear Dune references, by the way. Very interesting. Uh, <laughs> I'll say in yeah. uh, Legend of Korra, they have other people who can do lightning bending. Like it seems yeah, like, like it becomes more commonplace. 
Like it's just yeah, it's yeah. just like a like a technique that you could. It's do. Amazing when you democratize art that people get good at it. You know when you like have equal access to education yeah, and opportunities, yeah, uh-huh, more people sure. achieve. It's amazing how uh-huh. that happens. I always think about the Olympics. You know, it's like as soon as somebody breaks a record, then everybody's then it's like, gone. Oh, well, they broke. There's it. like 24 people who break that record in a heartbeat. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like it was thought uh, that like a four minute mile was something literally impossible. Um, and then someone did it, and now we've like it was in like the eighties or whatever. I don't remember the first guy who broke that limit. Some guy with a bunch and of now, steroids, and then it fine. just people just keep breaking yeah. that down. Like, oh, cool. So apparently, if we just specialize, we can do anything. Like, we can still push the the limits of human ability. Absolutely. Or or we are in a simulation. Enough. And the players <laughs> are just getting. They're in the. In the they're in. They the, leveled up. The, they're the point in when you're playing The Sims when you get bored and you just start like putting them in the pool Spamming, and the ladder <laughs> or like hiding them in, in rooms without doors and things. And that's what and that that literally alone would explain everything. I'm just saying God. everything that's happening to us it right now. It would explain now, a lot. Global warming, racism, systematic forms of oppression, fashion. Like I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It would. You're right. Yeah, when they just cranked up the heat. Like, let's see what happens. There let's is just, a... um. There is a vignette in the Animatrix that I fucking love because it's about a runner um, and he he runs so fast and he's so in the zone that he breaks himself out of the Matrix temporarily yeah. and he does like a physically imp- what, impossible thing. Like he runs faster than any human being like like you know, could ever run and the, the, the agents find him and they paralyze him so that he, you know, believes that he's paralyzed for the rest of his life and because of simulation, like he can't do anything. But he was just so dedicated to this one race that he broke out of his own reality his simulated reality and saw you know briefly like Behind oh i can curtain, do anything yeah. gotta watch it's the a heartbreaking i gotta go watch that and there's also there's a show on netflix called love and robots I love think death and like, robots that's what there's it some is. good stuff in there it's all yeah. vignette like they're not related to each other at yeah. all yeah i think you they're showed me good. one brian they're very good i liked them a lot anyways yeah. chapter 10 and chapter 11, yes. we'll do them together. The Day of Black Sun, part one and two, the invasion and the eclipse. So when we were in the library of Wan Shitan, he who knows 10,000 things, we find out about the eclipse. And this is the plan birthed from that discovery that firebenders lose their bending ability on a solar eclipse. And so they try it. They try the invasion. Yeah, they do. This is a lot of... Um, as. Again, my bias of having watched a bunch of shows, I coming into the invasion, I was like, I'm so nervous. Like everything was clenched the whole, I was like, fuck, fuck, fuck. When are things going to go wrong? Fuck, fuck, fuck. I hate my life. Um, but it went better than I expected. It was, um, they did a lot of good, uh, reunion stuff here. So like Haru and his dad from imprisoned show up. Uh, the boulder has arrived at the situation. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> although I love that because Toph hears them with her, or sees them with her feet. And she's like, what the fuck are you chuckles doing here? And they're like, we're here to help. And she's like, oh, great. That's awesome. I love you. Um, uh, Hakoda and the water tribe have met up at the rendezvous point. Um, as well as bringing the mechanist from and his son from the... Northern Air Northern Temple? Northern Air Temple. And, yep. you know, a couple of their wacky inventions, including Sokka invented and the mechanist was able to manifest submarines mm-hmm. in this. Yeah. 
I gotta say, I love everybody being there. Don't like that inventor being around. Like, I, you know what I said? He's too yeah. unrepentant Dude, for me. When yeah, he shows up and he's like, giving... "Never underestimate the power of stink," and I'm like, "Get the fuck! You built, you literally, you're a launch war criminal. This I... entire world into a completely new level of warfare. I literally you're responsible for the deaths of millions of millions you... of people, and you're just out here making jokes, dude. Can you imagine if one guy, one single guy, was responsible for the mechanization of World War One, like the like the German uh, Blitzkrieg, like if That's just one is, guy yeah. did that, and just like holy shit, what? Like, dude, get out of here! Don't give them any more ideas. They already have airships. They don't need fucking submarines too. One of those things get lost. We clearly see the core of engineers is smart enough to reverse engineer your kooky bullshit. Like, fuck's sake, dude. Yeah, I'm, I'm usually not on the super aggressive side of things, but I'm like, dude, maybe you should kill yourself. I mean, I'm like, if, <laughs> like, I'm not saying that's like a good you can't way to help, I'm, but I'm do saying, harm. Like, if you're not going to stop building things, <laughs> I'm really just stop building. Things. I I just want to stress for the audience. None of the weight of this is in any scene that he is in during these episodes. None of this is reflected upon. None of this is brought up. No other character treats him with an inkling like this that we are treating him now. Um, because yeah. the main characters are children. I want to make yeah. that clear. There is probably probably everybody who is like I'm sorry H- you don't Hakoda think- in private yeah. is probably like these kids are fucking. Why stupid. did these kids ask me to bring a war criminal onto this fucking thing? Like yeah. Although on, wait honestly, you did you did you invented what that killed my cousin? What the <laughs> fuck is wrong with you? Get the fuck out of here. On the, other, <laughs> on the other hand, now I'm thinking about it. They probably Operation Paperclip him. Oh no, yeah, he's yeah. Warner Von Braun. Yeah. They just fucking scooped For him sure. up and are like, hey, make our rocket instead of the V two. Yeah, which if you don't know, Operation Paperclip in the United States was when we we grabbed a bunch of Nazi war criminals. As World War II was ending, we just picked up their scientists and went, yeah. "Cool, you're Americans now." And Walt Disney yeah, made build stuff for Walt us. Disney made a video with Werner von Braun in it, jerking off about his rockets. Like these yeah, are available things. <laughs> also, anyway, the von Braun's so, um, Doc Brown yeah. from Back to the Future. He reveals that, like, yeah, we came over in the night in the 20th century, but then we were the von Braun's, and like, that's a weird joke to slip in. That it's your a your father tremendous was joke. a Nazi. Tremendous joke yeah, to slip in. It's a tremendous <laughs> joke to slip in. Um, but what I like about this episode is the invasion doesn't go well. But what I love about this episode is um, so Team Avatar gets this information about the eclipse and we think they're going to get the jump on them. However, the royal family is in a deep underground bunker in the walls of a volcano. They're not in trouble, but their infantrymen, they are all like shock shitless that they could no longer yeah. firebend when the eclipse happens. Like, so you guys had this information the incredible weakness of firebending and you shared it with none of your like lead men you just put them out there pigs for the slaughter again like it's 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 a weird little detail there that just shows how callous and manipulating this state is 100 percent um yeah i also i what was also cool to me is that as a child i don't know if if y'all watch tv during this time but when this these, when these episodes were coming out, I, I believe they both played like premiered on the same day, and Nickelodeon was like their their big advertisement was like come watch the day of Black Sun. Like they did not refer oh, to it as rad. the next episode of Avatar. <laughs> they were like at premiering on Friday or whatever the day, the of, day Black. of Black Sun, and I was like that's fucking awesome. That's I sick. did not. I need to go watch Avatar, and somehow <laughs> I was too busy as a child. I thought. To, <laughs> 
<laughs> to go catch up on Avatar. I, I really want to know, and it would just make it the most perfect thing ever if the day that this aired was. I was going to say like, that would be if they did crazy. that, I would have shat. Eclipse happening? Well, they're like eclipses no. happen all over the world all the damn time. They just don't happen Thanks. here very often. Dude, so, like, you, maybe like they somewhere are? there might be an eclipse. Who do you think they are? Disney? They can't just they can't make just... eclipses happen when they need. To. <laughs> I was say Disney just. <laughs> A Mickey Mouse head goes over the sun for a moment. Yeah, just one ear, and then the sun comes back, and the second ear passes (laughs) over the sun. If you don't think that they have the power to cause shade on at least a small community. they can do it. They could absolutely. They could induce an eclipse over Disney World. I, I I guarantee it. Um, Anyway, (laughs) a couple of points from these two episodes is, uh, one, they... Iroh, this is when Iroh makes his escape from yep. the jail, under the jail, basically. And the thing about this is he has been getting, his food delivery is from a nice uh, guard. She's just a nice person. She's given him tea. She's giving him tea, which loyal viewers will know is, wow, what a bad idea if you're guarding Iroh is to give him tea and give him an extra portion of stuff to the point where he basically goes hey, you're cool, don't go to school tomorrow. Like, it's that very, like, very dark, you know, sort of thing. Fuck. Where he's like, but he's like, you look ill. Maybe you should go home. And she's like, I'm fine. And he just, like, puts his I face really to the bars. And he's home. like, you need to go home and take care of yourself. And she's like, oh, and fucking gets I don't out of know dodge. what we're talking yeah, about, like, <laughs> but I'm gonna take the hint regardless. Um, so Iroh making his escape, I'm always anytime Iroh is doing better, I'm always happy about it. Um, that means he killed the guards, right? He blows oh, yeah. them away. Killed He's all. he dragged into the wests. Them. He it's fucking horrific. Like Zuko comes. Yeah, but all of those guards are the wall that he blew out in the palace of Bossing. Zuko just say. comes down like at the end. He runs through because he wants to go see his uncle. And he's like, "Holy shit! What the fuck happened?" And it's like, yeah. Um, the other it's thing so is also where Zuko. And yeah, it's right he when he good. goes. I know what I must do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Zuko confronts the the Fire yeah. Lord at the moment of the eclipse with his broadswords and like, um, you said that. Well, growing up, I believe that the Fire Nation was like sharing itself with the world, but now I realize they all hate us. We're evil. I'm going to go teach the Avatar firebending. I've made my choice. Fuck you, Dad. Yeah. And he goes, like, wait a few minutes when the eclipse is over and tell me like a man. He goes, like, I'm out of here. Peace. You know, it's just like, I got nothing to prove to you right now. That's the Avatar's job. Fuck you, Dad. I, I finally know that I hate the, you. The best part of that, though, I can say and that. it goes back to the whole, it's actually why I... It's what I what got a good thing out or a good reaction out of it in this was not the democratization of something like lightning bending where if everyone else can do it kind of whatever because it's still very special in this show. The only there's Azula who goes through a great effort to lightning bend like she has to do she has to like do these hand motions very specifically over and over again and then can send it out and it's a big effort for her and. Our, our good guy, our good firebenders, only know how to redirect. They know how to get it the fuck out of there. Like, I'm sure Iroh well, can let me, lightning let me, bend. Let me clarify that a little bit. There are, like, people know how to lightning bend, mm-hmm. and it is a is a very talented, like, skill effort. Yeah. I believe at this time only Iroh and Zuko know how to redirect. Exactly. Yeah, redirect yeah, is actually yeah. the more impressive the more skill. Possible. But um, uh, so I'll put it this way in terms of what I could see is in the show – there's two people who lightning bend, and there's two people who reflect. That's literally it in the show. 
There's that's no it. other yeah. firebenders who do anything else. Like Can confirm. It's Azula and Ozai, and that's it. But the thing that I loved about it was the Fire Lord proves he's the Fire Lord because the second the Eclipse... Like, he's still got Zuko in the room. Um, Azula and Ozai's plans during the Eclipse are just baiting out the Eclipse time. Just running out the clock until they can firebend and then beating the fuck out of their opponents. And Ozai gets Zuko. He's like, I fucking... I got you. The sun just peeks out immediately no motion no whatever lightning flies out of his hands at his son and i'm like holy shit the fire lord's so scary but to zuko's credit he fucking immediately reflects it and ozai shits a brick when he sees this because he's like wait a minute what the fuck was that he does the anime like oh i'm going to die (laughs) they do the close-up of just huh and boom like giant (laughs) explosion on it The, the, the way that you describe that, Brian, makes me think of, like, a a dog on the Disney Channel close-up of his eyes going, <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? Like, Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like a dog played by Robin Williams. Absolutely, or 100%. Or, like, a, a 90s Capri Sun commercial where the dog looks at yes. the end. Like, yeah, oh? that's what it is. Yeah. But he's played yeah. by, like, Tim Allen. Yeah. Yeah. It's because I absolutely. did the home improvement noise. That's that's what what it is. Is. <laughs> uh, yes. Those are my two big moments from I just like those moments in this. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. Azula also runs around, bees crazy. The big takeaway is that the invasion basically ends up failing because they knew about it and they baited them out. They knew. Um, And Team Avatar gets away on Appa and Hakoda and basically all of their troops just surrender to the Fire Nation. They're like, all the adults are going to stay and quit we'll just go to prison camps whatever you guys have to get out because you still have the avatar like that's still what matters with the new plan being we will defeat the fire lord without black sun before sozin's comet exactly yep uh, the new plan is the old plan yes the i we're at episode we just finished episode 11 yeah we're at full episode length <laughs> how do we feel about extending this out one more week I mean, I'm fine with that. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll part to it. Absolutely, we'll bring you guys a. Uh, if not later this week, then uh, next week we will bring you guys the rest. It, it, it of will probably Avatar. Have, have to be next week. Okay, yeah, we got into a lot of fun stuff here, and we got into a little bit too much, and we want to really sink our teeth into it. Um, book three is certainly my favorite, so I'm down to make this another Definitely. week. I think it's important because we have, we have, I mean, like. The, the finale of this show is four episodes There's a lot long. to unpack. There yeah. is a lot to yeah, deal let's with. Not, let's not compact this bitch down. Let's, let's do the... Let's do it. Let's give it the full thing. And then we can throw in a little bit of Legend of Korra and the Avatar movie if we need to let's fill not, out anything. No. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, we'll <laughs> be talking about only the first of those three things next week. But, Jorge, you did tell us that you have a little whoopsie doodle little moment to share. Ah, fuck. Well, it's not it's not mine exactly. Uh, so y'all are familiar with John from Downtime with John and Emily. Correct. Uh-huh. Keep him in mind for a second. Uh, the other night, I was actually having a, a Zoom call with my family. July 28th is actually Peruvian Independence Day. Oh, wow. So we were all wearing uh, Peruvian clothing. And I even had, like, a Peruvian flag in, like, my Zoom background. Very and good. we were, like... 
we're all, nice. we're all like drinking and, and talking in Spanish at each other, like pretty hard. <laughs> uh, and at the same time, me, like uh, the, my other friends uh, who are aware of what my Zoom link is, were having a, <laughs> a, a Zoom call. And John thought that the Zoom call that they were on would have been the one that I was on. So he jumped into mine instead of jumping into theirs. So it's he jumped in. Not only did he jump in, but he jumped in doing like one of those faces that you do to be funny. You know? like, like he, he came in doing a face. <laughs> and it is all like many. It's like a bunch of squares of people. Lo- like lots of white and red, like lots of Peruvian shit all over the place. And everybody speaking Spanish real fast. Oh, and just no. him coming in with the the funny face and then <laughs> not saying anything yeah he did that and then he back up. Uh, so I, I appreciate it they were like dude he can stay if he speaks spanish <laughs> so fucking funny my god oh man anyway uh tomorrow i guess happy independence day peru oh yeah it's yeah same. this is independence yeah. from the spanish uh yes we uh, nice. and we're actually f- recording this the same day we're releasing it so that is accurate <laughs> yeah so absolutely viva la peru um yeah well guys i think we're gonna call it quits for uh today and we'll bring it back to our big finish next week as always you can find us on our twitter and instagram both of which are at underscore are we friends all one word or you can find us on our website r we friendscom I have been your co-host of Black Sun, Taylor. I have been your combustion man, Brian. I'm still just one. And we're going to wrap this motherfucker up next week.